You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor of FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com, and now apparently FightfulCryBaby.com. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> List and your boy, it is Wednesday, March 28th, the 65th edition I believe of the list in your boy, my God, we are 65. a unique, we are a unique pro wrestling podcast, Sean. That that we are, <laughs> we are unlike any other pro wrestling podcast. That's that, why that's, that we are, and that was that's by design. That's why we do things like this. I the reason that I had that created was I wanted to share for people what my weekend was like. <laughs> that was my Friday, and I can say quite frankly that might have been the worst drive of my life. Well, I might have been the worst of my you. entire life. I appreciate you reinforcing me or reinforcing my decision to not have children. No, no, no. So, so don't get me wrong. I love my children, and I would not change change a thing. I love them. But uh, when you're supposed to be doing a drive that should take you three to three and a half hours, and ends up taking five due to traffic and whatnot, Ugh. and you got two little kids in the back seat that are crying for about the last hour straight, uh, it was joyous. My wife was sitting between them back there. And she took some video of him crying, and then Nigel put together a nice little thing for us. So that was a that was a joyous event. She learned her lesson though. So on the way back, she sat in the front, and they did not cry, Sean. I mean, I don't have to deal with crying children. I don't take my cats anywhere when I travel. <laughs> I've got like a vacation like six seven hours away in June, and I'm flying there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Even, I'm not even going to deal with driving. Speaking of cats, the litter robot has come through, man. The really? Set, the setback has taken care of itself. Gonna need a raise. <sighs> it's been now at least 10 days, and he has been perfect. He hasn't done anything except what he's supposed to do. It's been beautiful. See, I, I'm wondering how many of the how many litter boxes that would replace in my home. How many cats do you have again? 
A lot. Well, we we have six. We're taking care of a seventh. Right. That we were going that we were going to give to somebody, but before we did, it got pregnant. So oh now, shit! Yes. So it's in and out. We're hoping that she has her kittens outdoors. Oh no! You're gonna end yeah. up with thirteen fucking cats. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh. man. Oh, oh, and we've had pretty much adopted a dog that we found out we'd been feeding and. Letting it sleep on our porch. The one the, that's the one, next door? The, no, no, no. I wish oh. that one. Oh. I wish that one. We would in a heartbeat uh, for that one as well. But we we had heard that this one belonged to somebody up the road, and somebody said, no, those people moved and just didn't take him. So what? now we take care of him. Yeah, we 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 feed him. Do you we, let him uh, in the house? No, he doesn't come in the house. He, he doesn't want in the house. Oh, he doesn't want in the house. No, he's got a pretty good setup outside. And Does he stay it's, warm? It's 50, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We had we had a kennel and basically furnished it to where it would stay warm and we have like a heat uh heating pad that runs out there so okay. he's good. I'm one of these kind of uh hypocritical people who loves animals. Uh matter of fact, I've even like been around cattle and sheep and pigs and I've done the whole thing and yet give me a good burger and I'm there all day. So that's Yeah, that's... oh, I love yeah, man, that's my thing. Yeah. I don't know how vegans or vegetarians do it. Mm. I just I had a burger for lunch today, actually. So there you go. Um, okay, so uh, uh, baby videos out of the way. We're going to be making an announcement later in the show. And we're going to be talking about some Fightful-related news. I don't want to do it yet. We'll do it later in the show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Fightful.com has inked Sean Ross Sapp to a six-figure contract. Over ten years. <laughs> 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 Uh, that shut him up real quick. That was that was quick. Yes, it was. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I want to give a shout out quickly as well to Vader, who uh, mm-hmm. he underwent open heart surgery this past Monday. His son Jesse posted on social media that it was a success. Vader himself posted a story about. Uh, he said it was the worst pain he's uh, ever been in, even worse than when Mick Foley hit him in the back with a shovel. And then Mick Foley told the story. He said Harley Race told him it was in WCW, and Harley Race told him hit him hard, and so he did. <laughs> So, so I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I, Vader's doing all right. Vader, to me, early on, was the first monster heel for me. As I, as I was a kid, I would tune into WCW, and I saw this big bastard, and he was beating up Sting, who, to me, was the purest of pure baby faces at that point growing up. And he was just putting, beating the brakes off of Sting, and I remember that great match with Ric Flair. When he came to WWF, yeah. I thought he was going to run the stuff. And it's funny, I'm listening to the... Uh, Bruce Pritchard podcast about Vader. I'm listening to it over this week just because I just felt like listening to it again and all this is going on and you kind of get to relive some of that. I'm a little upset that his WWF run didn't go better than it did, but I think that he, he got Scorpio into WWF, so I'm happy about that. I, I think they made a big mistake not having him beat Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam when he came in. And it's very much like when Lex Luger didn't beat Yokozuna when they spent a summer with him on a bus. And then they decided, oh, let's do it by count out. And they made like he was victorious and Lex is celebrating in the ring when he didn't win anything. They they killed Luger's push, although Luger was never going to be the guy. But they, they killed his push with that. I think they killed Vader when they didn't have him beat Shawn Michaels. Sometimes you look at some of those decisions and you think, what was the point? Also, you know? let's not forget his run on Boy Meets World. I remember that, yep. Remember that? Legendary. You remember Bundy, you remember Bundy on uh, Married with Children? Yeah, that the legend has it that the creators of the show were big wrestling fans, and that's why they named the family the really? Bundy family. Okay, yeah. I never heard that, but that's it's, a, was... it's an urban legend. Don't know if it was confirmed. Okay, he was great on that show too. 
So let's get started here. The first thing I want to ask you, Sean, is you never cease to amaze me. Uh, I, am, I am always nothing but fascinated and impressed by Sean Ross Sapp, Nigel. Well, let me guess. Let me guess. It's because I had Chris Harrington release that, that touring schedule for WWE. We have all the, the domestic dates from April 2018 through March 2019. Was it that? Wouldn't, me, wouldn't I then say I'm impressed by Chris Harrington, not by you? <laughs> yeah, but, but it was all me. Chris Harrington did the legwork, but, but I, I clicked and scheduled it and did all the important stuff. Is it because I reached out to Matt Hardy and found out that he didn't control impactwrestling.ca, which forwards to... The Hardy Boys WWE shop was at that. So was that the, that was actually, the Hangman Page interview. So was Sean, the, interview. the oh, okay, oh, we're we're going out of order, but since you're touching upon stuff, let's we'll, we'll talk about it. Put up the Impact Wrestling thing, Nigel. We'll talk about it. Sure. What was it? The Robbie E interview. What, which so which the, of the imp- great things I did this week was it? Uh, yeah. So the Impact Wrestling one, Sean. I was personally personally offended by that one. Yeah. And the reason I was personally offended by that one is because I had already told you before you hit up Matt Hardy that that thing was not affiliated with anything. It was registered by GoDaddy Canada, so clearly it's owned by a Canadian, not by Matt Hardy. They didn't even have an affiliate link in there on the page because I looked up the source code. All it was was somebody in Canada registered the domain impactwrestling.ca and as a joke decided to have it go to uh, the Hardy Boys WWE shop page. So, uh, so would you rather me put Fightful founder Jimmy Van says as opposed to fightful.com reached out to the hardy boys themselves uh what you could put is fightful reached out to the hardy boys one day after it already been confirmed that they didn't own it oh it was the day (laughs) it was the day minutes after was it uh yeah good job uh andrew thompson for spotting that by the way that was how did he how was that ever found was he just randomly looking up domains that guy is something special we brought him on and you know, I often talk about how WWE won't give like the Fightfuls and the Wrestle Zones and places mm-hmm. like that wrestling interviews unless they got a school they're promoting or something like that. They'll they'll give it to local affiliates. Andrew is really really good at hunting that stuff down before it goes anywhere else, and he's there's just things like that that he's able to sniff out and that he's able to track down. He, hmm. Andrew Thompson's been a hell of a hire for us. You think every morning, first thing he did for like six months was he went to impactwrestling.ca every morning. I hope. And every I morning, hope. it was Arrow 404. And then finally, on like Tuesday, it was the Hardy Boys shop page. He willed it into existence. He is the he LeVar Ball of Fightful.com. So you impress me because you continue to make friends everywhere you go. That, that is Everywhere true. this guy goes, Nigel. Nigel and I discuss... Nigel and I discussed the great time that we had in Toronto last year before go. we went on the air. So most recently, now I, you know, I, I went to Florida. I was a little bit unplugged a little bit. I came back, went home for the weekend to visit my family, a little bit unplugged, came back, find out that uh, the Fabulous Moolah's daughter is mm-hmm. your biggest fan and found out that you guys had a lovely little exchange. You're making friends everywhere you go. How did that even come about? Did she just hear about you shitting on her mom and, and hit, hit you up? <laughs> Well, I didn't shit on her mom, and I you shit on her mom. I didn't shit on her mom. Her mother's been dead for. Okay, this is not a sexual years. thing. I'm not being literal. <laughs> well, all right, we're, thing, we're, we're not at the Sean Ross app file yet. Stupid people comes like 50 minutes from now. Jimmy, anytime I say something that can be remotely construed as sexual, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, not gonna lie. That Nigel, not not the Nigel on our podcast. There's another Nigel. I think Nigel Sherrod. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's been talking to a lot of the Moolah supporters. I would imagine, I can't confirm, that he gave her my information, or uh, at least my name. I would assume. I can't say that for certain. But, okay. Uh, he's 
if if you're in support of exonerating Mula, he's done a ton of work about that. He's talked to like nine or ten different people, okay. uh, including Sweet Georgia Brown's son, I think. So did or, Mula's daughter hit you up just like out of the blue? Cold, cold, out cold. of the blue. On my personal Facebook, keep in mind, we have a Fightful contact form. I have no less than four Twitter accounts that we run at any given time. There's uh, my two emails. Like, all that stuff's public. I think we solved a mystery, Sean. What's that? I think when somebody was Googling Sean Ross Sapp's wife, it was the Fabulous Mula's daughter that was doing it. Probably. Probably. But she messaged me and hit me up, and the transcript is on Fightful.com, but... I was just like, hey, listen, nobody's targeting you. I'm sorry that you got to go through this. Yeah. Uh, for you keep this off my personal Facebook, honestly. But, uh, yeah, and had a bit of an exchange. She's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, I know enough that when you went to two different doctors, they informed the police that you were wrestling at 15 years old a couple of weeks after an appendectomy, and you told them that you didn't get paid. Mm. And she denied that. So David Bixenspan is working on getting the documents as it pertains to that. And like I said, that uh, Nigel Fellow has talked to a lot of people who are supporting Moolah through all this. So right. that's worth a look. You know, in, in her defense, I think if you if you hit up O.J. Simpson's kids, they probably defend him too. Oh, definitely. I so. I feel for her and what she's going through and mm. and all that. And you know, for the people that are either targeting Moolah and, or whether whether it's them or the people that are supporting Moolah, just to say that. Like, I'm sure if it happened that Moolah didn't do that to everyone. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. so, I'm now you sure mentioned it's varied. You mentioned Bixenspan, David Bixenspan. Tell me about this whole, okay, Russo wants to talk to him, but then they suggested it be done on Fightful, or Russo on Twitter kind of took a shot at us or something, or said no, Bixenspan. No, 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 no. Explain to me this whole, Sean is up to speed on all of the uh, I wish uh, I online wasn't. wrestling gossip. Like, oh. he is up to speed on this shit. <laughs> And I find out through him. So tell me about this. I wasn't. I'm not up to speed. I don't want to be up to speed on it. I want to avoid well, but I the saw... Russo, Satin, Vixen Span deal, but I'll, I'll walk you through it. No, see, as soon as I see Fightful in something, that's when I'm interested. And yeah. I, saw, I saw the Russo brand Twitter where they try to take a shot at Bix by saying, hey, this guy right." And you know what it sounded like? So, so he said, this guy writes for Despin and for Fightful. Came off to me like he was trying to do that in an effort to get David fired, very much like what Satin kind of did to Russo with Podcast One. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that's that is what it was, but I mean, I, I don't think they know you very well if that's the case. No, <laughs> because, if anything, because, I mean, I'll just do more with them in that situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why I have a little more freedom to speak how I feel on social media. I don't have to fear being fired for something that's kind of frivolous but yeah, yeah, yeah. there there was a situation with vince russo and ryan satin and you know vince russo does take aim at ryan satin quite a bit on uh-huh. on his show he's got a show called castrating the marks where he where he takes aim at a lot of wrestling writers and wrestling journalists and stuff like that and it, I, from what i understand it's one of his more popular shows well Ryan Satin was under the impression that his girlfriend was targeted on the show and whether she was or not i don't know i'm not listening to all those shows but the audience of Vince Russo did come after her. And, and, you know, I've worked with Vince Russo on and off for over three and a half years now. I've seen that myself. I've been targeted by them as well. And I don't know if he understands maybe the power of his word with some people. Mm-hmm. But uh, David Bixenspan and David, you know, he takes, he'll take aim at people. He'll 
whether they're they're at a high point or a low point, he'll bring attention to some things that are rather unfavorable in their past, and he did that with Vince Russo, and uh, I think a racial discrimination lawsuit in WCW, and uh, Jeff oh, because Lane, Russo said he had only been deposed once in the Hogan lawsuit, right? right? And Bix said that's not true, and then he had proof that he was deposed in in that lawsuit too. Yes, correct, right. and I believe they were mentioned on the podcast, but from what Bix said, I don't think that. He was actually mentioned on on the air. I go to my text messages because I was going to text Vince Russo this week, and I see that he had messaged me last week, and he said, hey, do you want to interview me about the Ryan Satin thing? Because no other wrestling journalist has reached out to me about the Podcast One deal. Uh, and I, I that had went overlooked for me for like a week. And I was like, hey, man, sorry, I just saw this. I kind of want to stay out of that. Uh, it's uh, not my my area of interest. And then I saw people saying like, oh, well, you should have Vince and David Bixenspan on a neutral site, like Fightful. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, do we stand to gain anything out of that situation? Because that's very few people. I mean, you know, we pay Vince to film with him. Yeah. Like he's and we did last week before this happened. And when all this happened, when he's feuding with people who are on Fightful, you know, that's 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 rough. That's rough for us. It puts us in awkward position. But. Um, uh, Rob Lapika says Vince Russo did a live Twitter stream talking a lot of shit about Bix on Monday and I had people like in my mentions trying to get Bix fired and targeting really? like how he looks how he sounds and stuff like that and really? I'm like guys now I, I don't get to watch Vince's show regularly here and there I do but the the readers and the viewers if they, they're taking aim at somebody for how they look and yeah, it's, it's not my thing it's not my thing and I I don't like the idea of going after people's girlfriends, whether it's on the air or like on social media and stuff like that. If they interact with me, then sure, maybe maybe some things will get said back and forth. But all I gotta say, it's just, Sean, it's is just rough. You, it's we, rough. We, we've talked about how people love to troll on the internet. Remember when I told the park car story a couple weeks ago? I had I had guys that were shitting on me, claiming that I think I'm a baller that that fixes my problems with money. And people were like commenting and saying stuff like that. You can't yeah. please everybody, Sean. That's that's just kind of how it is. Well, so. I I like Vince Russo personally. I like David Bixby cool personally. Yeah, yeah. And I like Ryan Satin personally. And the thing is, I like and would like to work with all three of them. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I think that Vince Russo can be an invaluable member of wrestling media because of his, his experience with formats and. His time there, because as people see on shows that we do together, man, he's got some incredible stories. Mm, yeah. Like there's just some things that he has experienced over his years in wrestling that you can't pull out of some other people, and that's that's why a lot of people who are involved in that side of wrestling are doing so successfully in podcasting right. and writing. And uh, I, I just hope it all gets resolved because I like Vince, I like Ryan, and I like David, and I, I just hate. Uh, well, too bad Vince lost his job with Podcast One. I, I saw the video they posted when they talked about, oh, this is a weight off my shoulders, and now we can uh, focus on Realm Network. You could tell by the looks on their faces. They were devastated to lose Podcast One, and, and it's unfortunate. I always hate when – and nothing, this is nothing against Ryan Satin because I know that Ryan Satin's emotions were legitimate and everything, but I hate it when and, – and Nigel being the trig tent guy will know this – when you have guys – I'm not going to call anybody a snowflake, but <laughs> – when you have guys that decide, I'm pissed at this person, so I'm going to try to get them fired. And that happens a lot, and I hate, yeah. I hate to see it happen. And oh, I have it happened to me about once a week. Yeah, well, yeah, you probably deserved it whenever it happened to you. But in, in Russo's yeah. case, 
Yeah. I want to sure. move. I want to move on, and I want to do a, a, a public service announcement for a minute about Charity Buzz. Uh, and there's a reason that I'm going to talk about this. So anybody not familiar with Charity Buzz, it's an auction site, and it's a great site. Uh, has a great cause behind it. Proceeds go to charity. Uh, they have celebrity-based prizes that are donated. Either it's like a meet and greet or you get tickets to special events and stuff like that. I personally uh, have experience with Charity Buzz. I once, uh, per, uh, well, one, I guess, purchased one tickets to a Floyd Mayweather fight against Robert Guerrero in Vegas. I was sitting across the aisle from Evander Holyfield, like 10 rows up from the ring. Uh, had breakfast with Al Bernstein, if, you're, if you know who he is. He does commentary for yeah. Showtime. I had a great experience. The reason, though, I want to bring this up is because I've known people who didn't have a great experience and ended up disappointed, and the reason they ended up disappointed is because they didn't read the fine print. And this is why I feel the need to bring this up. WWE every year does a series of auctions with Charity Buzz. They're doing some right now, uh, and I want to put up a couple screenshots for our video people to look at. Put up the first one, Nigel. Sure. So the biggest prize, arguably, that they're offering right now is a meet-and-greet with Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H at SummerSlam. Um, when, where is it again? Barclays Center, is it, I think? And, uh, and so that is the, the, the one that they're prominently featuring right now. There's a big header, meet the boss, and all this kind of stuff, and there's a big picture of the three of them. But if you read the fine print, put up the other one, Nigel. Sure. The fine print says, length of meet-and-greet, photo opportunity only. What that means is that they're going to usher you someplace. They're going to bring them in. They're going to say, hi, how you doing? They're going to put your arm around you. They're going to smile to the camera. They're going to say, nice to meet you, and they're going to leave the room. And that means that you're going to have probably a 30-second meeting with Miss McMahon. Uh, and I felt the need to mention this because, again, I've known people that were disappointed because, let's say, they were meeting Celine Dion, and they thought, holy shit, I'm going to meet Celine Dion, and they actually met her for 30 seconds uh, as part of the meeting, Ugh, and that was it. And, and and it's nothing against Celine Dion. It's because they just they don't pay enough attention to the fine print. They get kind of caught up in the whole idea of the of the prize and end up disappointed. In my case, I knew what I was getting. I knew I was getting breakfast with Al Bernstein. I knew I was getting tickets to the fight. I was not meeting Floyd Mayweather. Uh, not that I wanted to anyway, but I was getting tickets and, and, and breakfast with Al Bernstein, and so I got exactly what I paid for. And uh, I wanted to make sure people understand because somebody's going to win that thinking, I'm going to talk to Vince, and I'm going to tell him about my ideas, and blah, 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 blah. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Did you ever see, I can't remember what meeting it was, but it was like seven, eight years ago, and <laughs> Vince McMahon is up in front of like a panel of probably investors and stockholders, and there was this guy who got a microphone, and he's like, we got to talk about a company called TNA Wrestling. Yes. Because that woman up there does not know what she's doing, and she's running that company into the ground. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. no. He bro. probably owned three shares of stock, probably. But it was enough to get you into the meeting. And Vince handled that. Vince handled it very professionally. Of course. But, but, I, but again, I wanted to bring it up because they have similar auctions like meet Daniel Bryan, meet this person, meet that person. If you don't, mean the fine, if you don't read the fine print to know what you're getting, it might be a 30-second hello, goodbye. So make sure you know what you're doing. Also, uh, not related, but related to a former story on Fightful.com, Abby's cancer scam. She just got arrested. Really? For a probation violation in relation to all of this. But I don't think you know the more recent of updates, do you? She appeared in an Albany, Georgia court last week and had been faking documents in relation to her cancer. She showed her surgical scars to which the, the judge said, Ma'am, 
I'm pretty sure that incision is made out of bubble gum. Are you kidding? Holy no. shit. I'm not kidding. She might as well have used a Sharpie. <laughs> bubble gum. Bubble gum. Bubble gum. Bubble gum. Okay. Um, I, guess bubble since I, guess, I guess since we're 26 minutes through the show, we might as well start with our first piece of wrestling news. I, I just want to say, I passed on hiring her. Yeah. God damn, I'm good at my job. So was this whole thing like meant for you to get a pat on the back? To put me over. To put me to put over. over? To put me over, yes. That's good. So uh, <laughs> we're doing this on March 28. I want to ask you about this. We're doing this on March 28. You ever been to Antigua, Sean? I don't know where that is. That's a no. You ever been to Antigua, Nigel? No, I haven't. Okay, I've been there I've twice. I've been antique shopping. <laughs> Slightly different. Slightly different. I've been to Antigua twice. It's one of the Caribbean islands, one of the vacation destinations. Really nice, and we really like it. Uh, WWE.com uh, this past week broke the story, I guess, that Shane McMahon was in Antigua with his family on vacation, and he developed an infection that, uh, I guess, turned into or was due to acute diverticulitis. Same diverticulitis that Brock Lesnar had, uh, and Emmanuel, uh, sorry, what's the name of Lennox Lewis's trainer? Emmanuel Stewart? Emmanuel Lewis, the little guy. Yeah, not Emmanuel Lewis. Not, I think it was Emmanuel Stewart. What are you talking Stewart? about, Willis? But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I love how you joke when you don't Coleman. know. That's I love Garen when you I, I love when you joke and you don't know the story behind something. Emmanuel died from diverticulitis. You fucking That's moron. Horrible. That's right? horrible. Well, <laughs> well, uh, it ain't that serious with Shane McMahon. Well, here's what I want to talk about. So he gets hospitalized in Antigua with diverticulitis. Ends up back in uh, in the New York area. He's hospitalized there. Um, he's put on antibiotics. They also discover that he has an umbilical hernia that's going to require surgery after the infection is cleared. He's two weeks at the time from WrestleMania, and somehow, some way, they announced on SmackDown this week that they're going to stick with their plans, and it's going to be Daniel Bryan and, and Shane McMahon against Kevin Owens and uh, and Sami Zayn. I'm not a doctor. I saw the picture of Shane he posted on social media when he had the UV next to him with his kids. Yep. How the hell is he going to do a tag team match unless Daniel Bryan's going to do all the work, which is possible? How is he going to do a tag team match? It's an interesting question. <laughs> you know right? I mean? I mean, I realize that in Brock's case, and again, Shane McMahon's not Brock Lesnar by any stretch, Brock had diverticulitis when he was fighting in the UFC. And I remember, I think it was Joe Rogan that said that he was like 60% uh, healthy and didn't really know what kind of thing when he was fighting in the UFC. So I guess in theory, Shane can wrestle if Brock could fight a mixed martial arts fight with diverticulitis. But you see that picture of him with the, with the IV, it's hard for me to fathom that in a week and a half he's going to be wrestling at wrestlemania i i was very surprised i thought they were for sure going to go in a different direction uh but they stayed the course so what do you think well fortunately if, if that comes about shane mcmahon can come out and he can say i'm not able to compete but i have and they've got no shortage of people on that roster that can fill in slide in take that over because you got kevin owens Sami Zayn, and daniel bryan in the match oh yeah oh, it's yeah. gonna be passable yeah, and they, they could also use that uh, to explain Owens and Zane winning, too. That he wasn't 100%. He could take the fall, and he probably will. Yes. So so that would make sense. The other thing out of SmackDown I thought was very interesting, uh, it looks like maybe they're finally uh, getting ready to do something with Rusev. He was added to the U.S. title match for WrestleMania. It's going to be a fatal four-way now. Put him over, Sean, right? Uh, this is the pitch, time. I'm Put him over. Late pitch. When I asked, uh, I was just told that somebody said, what about adding Rusev? And... There wasn't a whole lot of objection to it, from what I understand. So, 
That's good. And he cut a little bit of a babyface promo last night backstage when telling Jinder Mahal that he would be added to it. Full speed ahead because you yep. had three guys. And before, I didn't think this match belonged anywhere near the main card. It yep. should have been a pre-show match. Now you could do really either because this is going to get Rusev Day chance all the way through it. Yep. I'm, I'm really excited for him. He deserves it. Yes, he does. And it, it took a match I didn't care about. Very much like Cesaro and, and Sheamus with the tag titles. Took a match I didn't care about, about. Made it interesting. What I want to see now is I want to see Sunil Singh trying to cheat on behalf of Jinder Mahal. And Lana goes out there and slaps Sunil Singh across the face, gets him out of there, and Rusev wins the title. That's what they got to do, Sean. He's ready. And of those yes. four guys, with all due respect to Bobby Roode, because you know I love Bobby Roode, and with all due respect to Randy Orton and to Jinder Mahal, it's Rusev's time. Yes, and, and, and he, I, over. I want to see the act of him, Lana, and maybe Aiden English prosper. Yes. Because all three of them work together. What I would have also liked to have seen was Gilberg actually show up at Joey Janela's spring break last year. However, he no-showed the event. As Joey Janela told me in a recent interview, check it out. Is it true that Gilbert got drunk and no showed the event? Yeah, we uh, we had a couple surprises booked, and none of them actually showed up. Uh, besides Virgil, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, Gilbert, he got drunk with uh, his old tag team partner from uh, Maryland, uh, Barry. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, Barry yeah. Hardy. Barry Hardy. Yeah, him and Barry Hardy decided to get pretty trashed and uh not co- not come to the show. Um that's uh that's actually what happened and uh you know, there's a few others that we thought weren't gonna come. Uh we had a game book too. And we actually bought him a dashiki and a hat <laughs> and uh something happened where he said uh, insurance. He had to deal with some insurance company, and he couldn't make it. I don't know. It's just this year we have some big surprises, and they'll, they'll all be there. Well, I it, the show created interview fodder for me for the the entire year. And Flip Gordon hypothesized that Gilberg actually was there, but put on the invisibility cloak and was the invisible man. Oh, I never even heard Flip Gordon. Uh, Say that one, but <laughs> yeah, well, he thinks he thinks the world is flat too. So he also does. So you know, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's Infowars fan. Oh. Uh, maybe he, maybe he's a big Alex Jones guy. Who knows? One of the best bookings of last year was Matt Riddle and Dan Severn, and Dan Severn just this grizzled old dude. And I talked to him about it, and he said that he loved it because it was like an amateur wrestling exhibition for him. And the event got like it. That match went on rather late. Uh, were you planning for the event to to run that long and to have Old Man Severn up that late? Um, we, we didn't plan for it to go on that long. The show, but you know, the clusterfuck turned out to be an actual clusterfuck. And, uh, it was a great one, but made the show go a little late. And Dan Severn, he was a good sport and uh, probably one of his best matches ever that night. I must say. I agree. Uh, it's like who thought in the 2017 that uh, Dan Severn would uh, basically come out of retirement. He's done a few shows, nothing crazy. He's done AIW and Cleveland a couple times and just put on a uh, a great wrestling match with uh, Riddle. You know, it's uh, his, his age. He's got to have uh, great cardio for uh, his age. And um, 
he didn't want to fly down. He wanted to take his car down and drive all the way down from Michigan to uh, to Orlando. He says he's the he's the real road warrior, and he wanted <laughs> to bring some uh, sparring equipment because I think maybe at first maybe he thought it was a real shoot, but who knows? And we're back. Joey Janela has, like I said last year, one of the more hyped non WWE events of that weekend. It's and he's he's scheduled Matt Riddle versus James Ellsworth for his next show, as well as getting the great Sasuke to wrestle him. That's really yes. I yes, thought he I retired. No, he's still he's still pretty active, but he never he hardly ever wrestles in America. And wow. I mean that was one of my first exposures to Japanese wrestling. There was like he and Hayabusa and Hakushi back in the day, but yeah. That one of my uh personal favorites from Japan and I talked to him at length in that interview uh about it as well as several other things. Glacier not putting him over, all kinds of cool stuff. When uh, a good interview. when you were playing that Nigel and I both erupted into laughter when uh when Joey acknowledged that the only surprise I showed up to that show was Virgil. <laughs> because, for money of course yeah he's got nothing else to do so yes, you know he, he he left the subway for a couple hours actually he <laughs> he left our studio he took off the randy savage mask left our studio went to joey janela's show what so is good. on top of randy savage's head is that a rat yeah you just saw it now yeah. it's been there for weeks it's a rat I'm, i guess i didn't pay that much attention Boy, what's says, the significance of that? That, can, that concerns me. This is the managing editor of the site, Nigel. Yeah, well. Yeah, but what's the significance of it? Uh, the significance is it was on the desk, and I had to move it and put it somewhere else. So it Alrighty, ended up, then. ended up on Randy Virgil's head because it had to go somewhere. <laughs> so Virgil. I want to ask you this. So uh, Ronda Rousey, you saw her promo on Raw on Monday, right? Her in-ring promo with Kurt Angle. Yes, I Now, did. I'm not going to talk about the fact that she put red eyeliner under her eyes, which looked really Odd. weird. She looked like a demon. Uh, it, it was very unique, uh, odd looking. Here's my question for you. She cut that promo. Now she kept it short and everything. I don't know if this was accidental and pure luck or if she was given some kind of guidance before she went out there. She cut that promo in such a way that she was able to thwart the what chance. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah. And, and whenever she would pause, she would keep her pauses short and when the people were about to say what, she would jump into the next sentence. And I was watching that thinking to myself, man, she's doing this better than like most of the roster. Is it, was it accidental or was she told in advance this could happen and they kind of gave her some pointers on how to get around it? I don't know if she was told beforehand, but I'm pretty sure she was aware of them and she probably picked up that the cadence was the issue. The thing is about Ronda Rousey, like people are trying – People that don't want to like her in a WWE world are trying to find new reasons every week. It's like, oh, she can't cut a promo. Well, by right. night two, she showed that she could. Yeah. I had people saying that she can't, that, that her throw was bad a couple of weeks ago on Dana Brooke. And I'm like, no, it's a judo throw. Maybe didn't translate to wrestling well, but there are going to be dozens of those that she does mm -hmm. that are going to be a trial and error thing. Uh, I could say that the physical interaction on Monday was bad. It yeah. was bad for a lot of reasons. Sonya Deville and her were not on the same page yeah. whatsoever. But I don't know. I've loved her promo work ever since after the first night. I think that she has been great on promos. I was just very impressed that the way she was able to get around the what chance. And there, there have been so many performers, including season ones, that get completely fucked up over that because they don't know how what to do about it and and. She was great about it, and I, I just very, was very impressed. Um, I want to ask you this question. So yesterday, March 27, she did the media rounds at ESPN, and uh, Ronda Rousey was pretty ornery 
during uh, yeah. during the day. I don't know if she didn't have enough coffee that day. I don't know what happened. Uh, but a couple of things happened, uh, and I, I decided not to put the clips on here because YouTube gets pissed off when we do that. So I didn't put the clips on here. But So the first thing was she was on Mike Golick's show. He's a former uh, football player, and now, now he does a show for ESPN. Um, he asked her a very simple question. He said, Wow. Yes, he did. Come on. Wow. He did. he did. He said, is there a possibility that you could go back to fighting in time? That was the question. No, is no, there... no, 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 no. Yeah. He yes. Said, is, that the, is that the exact quote? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because first he said, uh, uh, he talked about her loss. She didn't really want to talk about it. Uh, he said, uh, do you think you'll ever fight again? And she said, I don't know. And he said, uh, so is there a possibility that you could go back to fighting in time? And she looked at him, and she she was kind of ornery going into it, and she was giving him short answers and whatnot. She said to him, are you asking me if I can go back in time? Is that what you're asking me? Well, the way that he framed it, initially I was like, did he ask her that? And then immediately I picked up on it. I was like, oh, no, okay, I get it. But I'm sure that that's what it was initially for her. Then it turned into her full-blown trolling him. I was going to say, do you think that she did that intentionally? Not because she really thought he was asking that question, but because she was just in a bad mood and decided to mess with him, and, and that's why she rolled in that direction? Initially, I think that the question went over her head, and she was, you know, it's early in the morning. She knows right. she's got, like, ten of these. She's doing the car wash. Right. She knows that she's about to be asked a bunch of stuff that she doesn't want to be asked. And the same stuff uh, which, over and over, too. Which, yes, which is why uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. she, if you've ever watched her do media, this isn't, like, a new thing. Like, she's always kind of been like that. Some days she's better than others. But initially I was like, man, that's that's a terrible way to frame that question. And then the second time around, she was just trolling. Like, and I've had people say, "No, she wasn't. No, she." Wasn't. I'm like, "What are you saying? That she didn't understand the question by that point?" Right. You could clearly tell that she was if you've ever watched anything of her. But there are still people who just, for whatever reason, they want to die on that hill. Right. Initially, yeah, it went over her head. But now I will reco- say, I thought Golik- she recovered for her at least. <laughs> well, I I think Golda handled it very well. And, and he moved on, and they, they continued the conversation, talked about Floyd Mayweather and whatnot, and she seemed to lighten up a little bit after that. Uh, the other one she did was with Max Kellerman. And yeah. i got to say, I'm a big Max Kellerman fan. Anybody that's not familiar with him, he got his uh, kind of notoriety through boxing, but now he does a uh, kind of general sports show with ESPN. First take with Stephen A. Smith, right? Yeah, but, but boxing is kind of his bread and butter. I'm a big fan of his because he's one of these guys like Joe Rogan that will tell it like it is. He's not afraid to shit on promoters and to shit on poor judging, and he'll get in, he'll, he'll get in the ring with a boxer. If a boxer does something questionable, he'll call him out on it. So I, I'm a, I have a lot of respect for Max Kellerman. He asked uh, Rhonda her thoughts on the negative backlash that she endured after her loss to Holly Holm. And he had just got through saying that Ronda built herself up to a certain level that when she lost that fight, it's like the, the world stopped turning for a minute. So he's putting her over. But he said to her, you know, what do you think about the negative backlash? And her direct quote response was, I experienced a lot of people who quote some people that are really just afraid to state their own opinion. Kellerman was like, are you saying that I'm – you know, giving you negative backlash because he's like, I'm not. I just got through saying that you yeah. you did so well, kind of thing. And again, it it really came off like she had a chip on her shoulder when the interview started. She she always does have a chip on her shoulder through right. success or failure. And right. the thing is, she's going to be asked this question, and she's going to be asked it asked it dozens, if not hundreds, of times for the rest right. of her life. Right. If I were her, whether she has moved on or not, she has moved on professionally. She's in the WWE. I would say. It affected me heavily at the time. 
but I've moved on since then, and I can handle it a little bit better now. That's it. That's all you have to say. But the fact that she gives these really rough Mm -hmm. answers is kind of tough, and especially with her trying to be a smiling baby face. Mm -hmm. Also, I have the exact quote from Mike Golick. (laughs) He was talking about fighting and then framed the question, so is there a possibility you could go back in time? Because he was talking about fighting. Maybe he's talking about Skynet, Jimmy. Mm. Unless you're a complete Maybe moron. Maybe he's talking about John Connor. Right, right. Unless you're a complete moron, you know what he was talking about. Unless you're an idiot. Well, I mean, how many of those interviews is she going to do that day? You don't think she tunes out here and there? Yeah, but you, she should, you, you just said out. that you yourself thought that he was asking her if she's going to go back in time. Uh, well, the quote was, quote, <laughs> so there's a possibility. There you go, Nigel. Back in time. <laughs> So not only did he get not only did he get Ronda Rousey, but he got Sean Ross Sapp that day too. I well, did initially for about a split <laughs> second, and I was like, "Oh, of course he's not asking about time travel. Why would he?" So were you also swerved by the Miz? This is a trig tent. There's not like some weird time travel conspiracy <laughs> going on. Uh-huh. Were you also swerved by the Miz? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that? I thought that he played that off very well. You're referring to the Miz Taraj segment where he took shots at. Bo Dallas and Mr. Perfect. I kind of figured something like that could happen, but I thought it would all unfold at WrestleMania. I thought that maybe they wouldn't be in his corner for WrestleMania and you'd have that type of battle. But yeah, I thought it was really good. He played the crowd perfectly, especially his hometown crowd. They were hot Monday night. Yep. Now, I I think it's interesting that you mentioned WrestleMania because when I watched the segment, I bought it for a second too, just like I think a lot of people did. I thought they did a really good job. But I thought watching that... Why not do that at WrestleMania? Because you know how they oftentimes will make the baby faces look stupid. So what if you do that at Mania? Then during the match, like you said, Mr. Raj doesn't come out with them as for the start of the match. During the match, they come out. And Balor and Seth Rollins think, oh, maybe they're going to help us out because, you know, baby faces are stupid. And then they help the Miz, and, and it's a swerve. I mean, wouldn't it make sense to do it there as opposed to on a, on a kind of throwaway Raw? Well, I mean, it was... I don't think they wanted to set up a segment on that show. They, I think they're going to have a full slate as it is. They don't want to add Sasha Banks versus Bailey to that show. So I don't think they're going to add something involving the Miz Taraj to that show as well. They'll, they'll be relegated pretty much to outside duty there. And I mean, they could have done it on Raw next week. And they then carried yes. over into Mania, right? They could have done that. I, I thought they should have, but yeah, yeah. they didn't. And it, it worked for that night, but then they got put into a lame tag match with the Good Brothers, which honestly was probably the best match on Raw, but mm. whatever. Speaking of The Miz, uh, the official Twitter account for the SSE Arena in Belfast, Ireland, posted on March 25. I wasn't able to get a screenshot because they've since taken it down, so I couldn't get a screenshot of the tweet. On March 25, they were promoting uh, a WWE live event that's coming to Belfast, and the exact quote was, Finn Balor is ready to defeat Seth Rollins to become the new Intercontinental Champion on May 10th at the SSC Arena in Belfast. Like I said, they've since taken the post down. Do you think there's any possibility they're giving a heads up that Rollins is going to win the title and defend it against Finn Balor on that show? Yes, but WWE has kind of covered their own asses a bit. Because at the Greatest Royal Rumble, there's a ladder match with Balor, Miz, Rollins, and Samoa Joe. Right, right. Okay. So they could they could go to Balor and then go to Rollins in the ladder match where Miz could retain at WrestleMania. Right. Then it goes to Rollins. Like, there's a lot of things that could happen. Little side note about the SSE Arena in Belfast. Put up the, yeah. uh, put up the, the screenshot, Nigel, for our video guys. I think you know what I'm talking about. 
So I want to thank Belfast Guy at DeclanMCG06 on Twitter for this. <laughs> he sent us this, letting us know that the Red Hot Chili Pipers are returning to the SSC Arena on March 1st of next year, Sean. Finally. They're already promoting it a year in advance. This is like Scene of the Rock. That's, well, they, that's they how should. big it is, Sean. We got them so much press. <laughs> yeah. I thought, it was, chili I thought it was Man. awesome that a guy in Belfast sent us that. You know? <laughs> Yeah, right before cool. this show, too. You got on that quick. I did, man. I checked. I always check things last minute in case there's any breaking news. So I always do a quick check. I uh, appreciate that. What did you think of the fact that WWE, when they sent Hulu, the 90-minute version of Raw, to air on Hulu, because that's what they get every week, they chose to cut out Ultimate Deletion? I didn't have a problem with it because WWE put up the uncut version on their own YouTube. So if you wanted to find it, you could find it. I didn't have a problem with it. Okay, cool. So do you think that they it, it was just a time constraint thing and we got to find the time? Or do you 100%. Think, okay, so you don't think it was them thinking, okay, that sucks shit, so let's not give that to Hulu. <laughs> yes, correct, because it had zero ramifications in WrestleMania. None, none at all. Except and Matt Hardy's going to be in the Battle Royal. That, okay, no, no ramifications no. as it pertains to WrestleMania. That's true. I think this is the first year I can recall where they had guys, almost like the Royal Rumble, declare their entrance into the Battle Royals, right? Isn't it? I think I think it's happened before, but only like the usually the top guys, though, right? Yeah, probably. Because now they have everybody. Like they got the revival saying, "Hey, guess what? We're going to be in the battle royal." Yeah, and I like that they're doing that. It makes it seem a little more important, even though it's not at a, in any way, and it's their fault. It's not important because when they rebranded it, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I thought that's great. That's something they should do. Right? They should have something like that. I would like them to do a little. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Something different for the women or the men, though. Like, like not do the same thing that mirrors, but mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't call it the Fathers Mill of Battle Royals, what you're saying. Yeah, it might be a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to stupid people. 
This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy this today. So first off, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the song. Uh, this first one was reported by the Eloy Enterprise out of Eloy, Arizona on March 21st. Now, the city of Eloy, they had a Day of Dinosaurs event. They called it Day of the Dinosaurs for kids. They set up these dinosaur statues in, like, their big park downtown and invited kids to come out and play with them and take pictures and whatnot. Nigel has a photo of uh, taken from the Day of the Dinosaurs with the dinosaurs out there. The local police got a 911 call from a woman who wanted to report that there were dinosaurs in the park and wanted and wanted to know if they were real. <laughs> the police officers reassured her this is a, a children's event and they're just statues and don't worry about it. Uh, then animal control showed up. No. The woman called animal control to report that there were dinosaurs in the park. I can't get animal control to show up for a dog that's never been left off his chain for six years next door. Man, I'd hate to see her at a Toronto Raptors game. I was going to say, <laughs> if you want to get him to show up, tell him that there's a T-Rex tied up in a, in a, in a backyard. Maybe they'll come yeah, Evidently. That. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to change my works. strategy. Yeah. This next one, reported by the Observer Reporter out of Washington, Pennsylvania on March 22nd. A 30-year-old man named Glenn Allen Flory Jr. walked into a bank, and he handed the teller a note demanding cash, right? Teller gave him about 1300 bucks, and he took off. Here was the problem. Uh, the note that he gave the woman, he signed his name on the bottom of it. Oh, God. No. Come on. Police were called, got his name, tracked him down within four hours, and he was detained on robbery charges. How long do you think you could get away with a bank robbery? I was involved in one once as a as a customer. Whoa! Yeah, really? Yeah, at the at the Nigel will know this is the Young and Egg uh, CIBC. Oh shit! Okay, I yeah, was yeah. in line, and I will tell you, I was in line, and uh, there were two people ahead of me in line, and there was a kid at the teller, and I'll never forget, he was wearing Fubu clothing from head to toe, <laughs> and he <laughs> and and when he was at the front of the line, he kept on looking around. He was constantly looking around. And I remember looking at him and thinking to myself, you know, why is he, he – he made eye contact with me like seven or eight times and looking wow, around. Man. Turns out he went up there, pulled out a note, said, I have a gun. Teller gave him money. Turns out they gave him one of those ink packs. Right, he, yeah. ran, he ran by me and left. And it wasn't until he ran by me that the light bulb went off and I realized, Jesus, he just robbed the bank. Yeah. And I had to wait. They called uh, uh, the police. Police closed down the bank, interviewed all of us, got a statement from all of us. And I said to uh, one of the cops, I said, man, I, if, I, if I had a thought, I would have tackled him. He ran right by me. And the cops said, good thing you did. He might have had a loaded gun in his back pocket. My God. I saw a, uh, I guess, a stick-up of sorts happen at, like, some podunk gas station. Not about, well, at the time, it was about five minutes from my house. And I was in the back. I was getting soda or whatever it may be. And... Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> no, I didn't drink them at the time. Didn't Microwave lasagna. The <laughs> they don't sell those at, like, shell stations. But a guy said, give me the money in your register. And the woman at the counter. He didn't deny it, Nigel. He just said, the they don't the sell counter, them. Shut the fuck up for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this, this oaf said, give me your money. And the woman said, the off-duty sheriff behind you might have a problem with it. And he was immediately arrested. And that would have been a better story if we weren't laughing through the whole thing. You think? <laughs> better. Maybe that's why I was cute to shut the fuck up. Well, 
I'm definitely not going to shut up when I tell you this last one, Sean. <laughs> I had a revelation yesterday. Did you? I had a revelation. It was like an, like a, like an awakening. It's like my eyes opened. And I figured shit out, Sean, yesterday. Oh, I figured shit out. I finally figured out why you love waffles. And I finally figured out <laughs> why you have an obsession with male genitalia. I finally figured it out. And I have to thank Joe Kellogg Jr. who sent me this on Twitter. Put up the picture, Nigel. Joe Kellogg Jr. sent me this on Twitter. It was reported by the Huffington Post last year. There are restaurants in parts of Asia like Taiwan and Thailand that are selling penis waffles. <laughs> they are shaped like a dick and they're on a stick. So they're a dick on a stick. That was poetic. Yeah, thank you. They are filled with sausage and cheese. You can get uh, a variety of sauces, including ketchup, mayonnaise, and chocolate. There was actually a picture. Did you I see just the? Saw the picture. Yeah, I just saw the picture. Did you see the one with the guy where he looked like he was getting a a, a, a facial? Did you see that one? Oh, that's the one I used. Oh, that's the one you used. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's the one you used. We might get kicked off the air. <laughs> oh, for okay, well, using that one. You should see the one that's next to it. The, with the girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to use the one with the girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just – that one was too good not to use. Okay, so you used the, the – the, the, wow. He sure did. So Joe <laughs> Kellogg Jr., thank you, sir, because you put the pieces of the puzzle together. Now it all makes sense. Now I understand why Sean loves waffles. And I understand. I'm just real fucking glad I'm on salary because if this was based on the money that we made off of YouTube broadcasts, we would get – I'd never make a dime. We get demonetized too often. So like I said, I, I understand now why he puts over Ellsworth's hog like almost on a <laughs> weekly basis. The whole thing, the puzzle came together, Nigel. It all made sense for me. Glad you got the wheels together. turned and finally you figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out. I figured it out, yeah. So thank you, Joe Kellogg Jr. for that one. I really appreciated it. Uh, okay, let's talk about New Japan Strong Style Evolved. Sure. So I have not had time to watch the whole show yet, so I'm going to ask you in a minute for your thoughts on the entire show. I saw the main event with Golden Lovers against the Young Bucks. Now, you know I'm not a big fan of the Young Bucks, but uh, I will admit that uh, I thought Matt, Matt Jackson did a great job selling the back. He did the whole match. Months, yeah. you've, seen, you've seen times, and for some reason, I think of a guy like Rob Van Dam, you've seen times where guys are like selling a leg, but then when it's time for their sequence of offense, it's like they forgot. And they go through the whole sequence. Matt Jackson sold it the entire match. I thought that was really good. I thought that the double team moves were really good, uh, if not dangerous in some spots. I thought that the uh, the strikes of Omega and Ibushi, were, they looked really good, really stiff at times. Matt yeah. Jackson at one point delivered a German suplex to Omega on the apron, which wow. I thought looked yeah. scary dangerous. The one from the top rope into the ring. Into My the ring. So I did a post-show podcast. You all can check that out. YouTube, Fightful.com. Also, I have isolated a video from our SmackDown review because Jeff Hawkins was there live. Mm -hmm. I do my match ratings, and very rarely do I give anything like a 10 out of 10. Based on what I saw on TV, gave it a 10 out of 10. Then I found some live footage of it. Like the one I, I sent was like, you, right, of Ibushi? Uh, several of them. I found several. Mm. And I was like, man, had the cameras, which some of the production was miserable on that show, just miserable. However, it was a gift and a curse on that show because it was so bad mm -hmm. that it missed on accident mm -hmm. every one of the botches. Mm -hmm. It missed them all. So TV, it was much better than live. I thought that tag team match was an all-time classic. I loved it. Uh, outside of that, I thought it was a very missable show. I thought that Hangman Page tried really, really hard to make the crowd care about 
his match with Jay White. I don't think Jay White is quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Adam Hangman Page is ready to be there. Toriano is not my flavor, not my style. I don't. I, I wasn't a big Santino guy back in the day either, mm -hmm. but he was so over there. And I was really interested in seeing the uh, Gorillas of Destiny, which is Tama Tonga and the former Camacho in WWE, their mm -hmm. brothers, against Cody and Marty Skrull, and I like that. I think Marty Skrull is ready for that next level. And I, it was mainly to it, more than anything outside of the main event. It was a setup this weekend Sakura Genesis show, mm -hmm. which has some really intriguing matches. But it was okay. The the production was rough, but that main event was something special. The only thing I didn't like about the about the main event, uh, and I, I know you know pe different people like different things, and so what I like, somebody else might not like, and vice versa. I didn't like how it was kind of a match filled with false finishes. That's kind of what it was. It was like, let's set up a big spot and kick out, set up another big spot and kick out, set up another big spot and kick out. That was kind of the premise of the match. Yeah. Uh, at one point towards the end, the uh, Golden Lovers did a spike tombstone pile driver on Matt Jackson, a spike tombstone pile driver, and he kicked out. And I was getting, I was, I was losing interest at that point because not that I'm going to call these guys indie wrestlers, because New Japan is a legitimate promotion, Ring of Honor is a legitimate promotion, but one of the long-time issues with independent wrestling is the lack of psychology. Uh, and when I saw that spike tombstone, that should have been the finish. If you're going to use a move like that, that should be the finish. And obviously they weren't going to use that because they wanted to use their trademark finisher as the finish. Well, also they didn't win, so. No, but Omega and Ibushi hit it on Jackson. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. That yeah. was them taking... That was them taking the Young Bucks move because that's one of the Young Bucks finishers. Yeah, but no, they they did hit that on Jackson. But that that should, I don't care whose finisher it is. That should be a finisher if you're going to use it. That's just such a ridiculous move. So, I, I would agree. Uh, oftentimes, uh, yeah, I've started to review these Ring of Honor pay per views, and uh, for years my issue has been like third, fourth match, the crowd's ready to go home right. for for a match, and they just keep it going and going and going. Meanwhile, you have a match like Marty Skrull versus Punishment Martinez on the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view. They were given 10 minutes. They did a sprint, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And the match ended. It, they, they compiled a bunch of high-flying, high-impact shit in a 10 minutes, and they made it great. They made it can't miss, and they didn't go too long. They didn't go way beyond what they needed to do. I so. couldn't help but chuckle listening to Josh Barnett because <laughs> yeah. he kept on swearing on the air. Oh, yeah, they, they don't care on Access. They don't care on Access? No, 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 they don't care. Like, episode two or three, Carl Anderson was saying fuck. And they're, they're okay with that? Yeah, they don't care. Oh, you can wow. say it almost anywhere now. Like, Good for them. FX, in Atlanta on FX, they, they said fuck, like, I think eight or nine times in 30 seconds on the last episode. Uh, yeah, I, I get that, but I, just, I didn't expect it in pro wrestling. So that yeah. that uh, that I, th I just thought it was funny. Now I I'll ask you because again I didn't watch the entire show. I heard that Jim Ross was a little shaky. Yes, very shaky. Okay, okay. I heard that he didn't they, know some of the names, didn't know some of the moves. And the thing is, Josh Barnett is brought down significantly by that. And and I drew this conclusion. It's sometimes in softball, it's who's lobbing you the pitches. Either they're going to throw one way over your head or over the plate. And if it's over your head, you're not you're going to swing and miss, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's over the plate, you might knock it over the fence. And that's what happened with Mauro Ronaldo and Josh Barnett. They mm -hmm. complimented each other, knew what each other knew, knew what the other ones uh, didn't knew, didn't mm -hmm. know. This seemed like Josh Barnett trying to catch JR up on what had been happening in New Japan over the last few months since they called 
Wrestle Kingdom. I noticed a few times that they were trying their best not to use names of finishers that are known through WWE. So, for yes. example, they called the Hurricane Rana a Frankensteiner. Uh, they didn't want. Well, to... I mean, it's it's been a Hurricane Rana for a long time. No, I know that, but they like another one was a Sharpshooter. They called it the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, that's interesting. They're trying to avoid using WWE names, but then they called the last ride the last ride when they did it through the table. Yeah. So. Hurricane Rana came from Huracan Ramirez like way, way, way back in the day, like in the 20s or 30s. I also love that they used a Japanese ring announcer for the show yeah, in Long Beach. Exactly. I love that. I thought that was great. Me too. I, I thought the venue outside of the light that shined into the camera right. from above, I thought it looked good. It looked Major League to me. Right. Or at least one step below Major League. So Rey Mysterio, do you think that this is just leveraging, or do you think that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing? So Rey Mysterio was supposed to wrestle Jushin Thunder Liger and got injured. He tore his bicep or whatever it was in a, in a, in a previous match. Wasn't able to do the match. They got Will Ospreay to do it instead, but Rey Mysterio still showed up at the show and said that he will wrestle in the future for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, he has apparently reportedly already met with WWE's doctors to look over the, look over the bicep because they want to clear him and they want to sign him. He's got New Japan saying, I'm going to wrestle there. He's talking to WWE. He's got the Aero Lucha bullshit going on. Do you think it's leveraging, or do you, do you think he still doesn't know what he's going to do? I think he probably looks at Chris Jericho and says, if he can do whatever he wants to do, maybe I can too. I think he's mistaken. I do too. Yeah. I do too, because WWE, well, I don't know. WWE wanted to hang on to him to begin with. They froze his contract for a long time, but he showed up at the Royal Rumble in some special kind of shape. Yes, he did. Uh, he, looked, he looked better than he had since the 1990s. I agree. I and agree. he had the tights on instead of the big baggy pants, and that being in tights, like at, or it subtracted like 15 years from his age. It made, <laughs> it, it made him look like – it was like the Shawn Michaels thing, you know, yeah. when he wore the baggy pants yeah. and stuff. It was like that too because yeah. they have to hide the knee braces. Uh, I don't. I don't know what Ray's gonna do, but I think it's smart of him to keep his options open. Oh, for sure, no question about it. Yep. Now, uh, on a side note, since we're talking about Ray Mysterio, last week we were talking about Aero Lucha's crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. And I mentioned how uh, somebody had invested fifty grand, and I wondered if it might have been ownership. Chris Harrington, who does stuff for us, he posted on Twitter that it looks like it was indeed an owner that put in fifty grand. Because as it turns out, to get your money from that crowdfunding company. You have to put in. You have to uh, make at least a minimum of fifty grand, and if they don't get at least a minimum of fifty grand, they don't get any of the money. And they, at that time, were only out like two or three grand until suddenly a fifty thousand dollar investment came in. So it likely came from management. Uh, as of this afternoon, March twenty eighth, I went back and I looked at the investor site to see how they're doing. They're now at sixty one thousand nine hundred and twenty nine dollars over forty eight investors, meaning that if you take out that fifty grand. They've made $11,929 over 47 investors for an average of $253.81 per investor. Um, people walk away. Walk away. Do not get should, involved. Should we invest $101 or $102, I see, just to refer to ourselves as owners of Aralucha? That way, we, we just have that. We can refer to that. That can be podcast fodder for the next few years. Is that the minimum? I think so. Yeah, it's the minimum to get investor perks. That's the minimum. Go ahead That's and do if it. We... Go ahead and do it. Just because <laughs> I want to see. I want to see. <laughs> I mean, what are the investor perks? 
when you say go ahead and do it, is that go ahead and do it and I can expense it on my invoice? No, I'll do it. I'll have I'll have one of my guys okay. take care of it. I want to see number one, what are the investor perks? Number two, we're gonna start every every the Listen You Boy podcast saying that we are Aerolucha partners. We're partners in Aerolucha. Yeah. Put that in the intro of every single one until this thing shits the bed, which it will do. So we'll put in the hundred and two bucks. We'll be a, a, an investor with perks. And then when it doesn't go anywhere, hey, we only lost 102 bucks. So I'm ready for it. Now, on another interesting side note that's kind of sort of related to Aerolucha, uh, Major League Wrestling, which is Court Bauer's thing, used to be a writer for WWE. They also have the major the MLW radio network with a bunch of wrestling podcasts. They we announced interviewed them a while back. Right. I, uh, Sports Illustrated, they announced through Sports Illustrated on March 26th that they've signed a TV deal with BN Sports, which is a, a national cable network in English and Spanish. They're going to be airing Friday nights at 8 Eastern time starting April 20th. It's going to be Tony Giovanni's uh, return to primetime TV after 17 years. And uh, I was telling Sean, we were talking about this yesterday, Court Bauer made a point of mentioning in the Sports Illustrated piece that they're getting a rights fee. He didn't say how much they're getting, but he made a point of, of saying that. And so I'm assuming they're not getting much, but they are getting something. Uh, they're going to be doing tapings once a month and they're going to produce four weekly shows out of each taping. And they're also, and this is where Aerolucha kind of comes into play. They're going to be working with Lucha Underground and AAA to get guys like Pentagon Jr. and, and Ray Fenix. Uh, I looked up BN Sports cause I'd never heard of it. And I don't think you ever had either Sean. So right. I looked up BN Sports and it turns out that they have a language, a Spanish language, uh, channel in addition to the English language one that seems to do the better of the two because of their mm-hmm. soccer coverage. Uh, but when you put it into perspective, so in January, they aired World Cup qualifier games on BN Sports Espanol. They averaged 167,000 viewers a game. Then they had the World Cup qualifier playoff games. They actually averaged 432,000 viewers a game, including 241,000 in the 18-49 to 49 demo, which is obviously the demo advertisers care about. So obviously MLW is not exactly going to be blown out of the park. I think they'll be lucky if they do 100,000 viewers a week. But hey, it's Very something. Lucky. It's something, right? I'll give them credit, and with the, uh, with you said the the Spanish speaking audience getting Pentagon and yes. getting Ray Phoenix, that's a plus. And Lucha Underground seems fine with letting their talent work elsewhere because a lot of those guys that signed those seven season deals quickly realized uh, this isn't working. I can't pay my bills any other way. It's kind of interesting because I remember a few years ago, right after the first New Japan pay per view deal that Jeff Jarrett helped him get. You had Ring of Honor on TV, like Destination America. Impact had got on Destination America. You had Lucha Underground doing their thing. WWE, SmackDown, they they had all that. And it looked like, man, this is a nice time for wrestling. Even Paragon Pro Wrestling Mm -hmm. was on TV and some sort of, like, I think they they paid to be on TV. But Mm -hmm. then Global Force Wrestling showed up and it didn't work out. Like, they didn't get a TV deal. And now you're not getting a lot of these broadcast deals. So for them to get anything, good for them. So where, where do you think that leaves Aerolucha with their uh, $11,000 in investment and their soon-to-come $102 from Fightful Wrestling? Where do you think that leaves them when MLW might have taken one of the last options they had, even though it's not a huge money deal, but they might have taken one of the last options they had? It's going to happen. What do you think? I think we're going to lose that $102. I think so, too, but we're going to have fun doing it. <laughs> yes, we will. It's going to be one we, of the... we will get more than $102 worth of podcast content out of this. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. The enjoyment alone. In our I mean, I am going to hit up... What's, what's the, the CEO's name? Jason Brown, I think? 
Is it Jason Brown? I'm going to hit him up after we invest $102, and I'm going to ask him, hey, when's the next shareholders meeting? Yeah. (laughs) That way we can say, there's this company called TNA Wrestling, and they don't know what they're doing there. When are you going to buy it? Exactly. Just like that guy did in the Vince McMahon Exactly, meeting. exactly. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I want to I put over Sami Zayn. So uh, he's really working the hell out of that fired gimmick. So uh, first, they started, him and Kevin Owens started showing up at WWE shows in street clothes, running in through the crowd, and then taking off, you know, again, after security comes running. Then he has an El Generico Twitter account. Anybody that's not familiar with El Generico, that was Sami Zayn's independent name before WWE signed him. He had not used that account since August 19, 2013. And ironically enough, the last time he used it, it was to talk about how six years prior, Daniel Bryan beat him in L.A. for the PWG title, ironically enough. He uh, started posting on that again for the first time in almost five years. Then, Nigel, put up that graphic. Sure. Pro Wrestling Tees announced on March 27 that they're going to have El Generico t-shirts returning to their store for 12 days from March 30th until April 9th, which, of course, is the day after WrestleMania. You talk about living the gimmick, Sean. I that, love it. That's the I most I've awesome. seen. I can't recall anybody. John Cena got fired like every week for a month or something and was showing up to work the next week. I can't recall the last time somebody worked the fired gimmick to this degree. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens changed his twitter handle and i like that uh, he lost his verification on twitter oh did he i didn't know the, that to, yeah if you change your handle on there it used to be if you protected your tweets too it would happen but if you change your handle then boom it's gone i love it i love I the pro too. wrestling tees integration pro wrestling slash fightful you can buy all kinds of shirts over there fightful yep. mania point at the fucking sign your boy the classic fightful tee they're all over there so we should talk about hulk hogan uh, so uh, tomorrow, March 29, they're going to be doing the premiere screening of uh, the Andre the Giant documentary, the uh, HBO documentary. They're going to be doing it in L.A. WWE is going to be sending uh, select personalities, like the big show was always obviously the obvious one. He's going. Ronda Rousey's going yeah. because she's the, the media girl right now. But somebody else going to that screening is Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there's any possibility that Hulk Hogan is going to induct Hillbilly Jim into the WWE Hall of Fame? I almost expect it. Who else are you going to have? You could have maybe Henry Phineas Godwin do it. You could do that. But other than that, I'm thinking, who does it? Who was he King, close to on Legends House? Uh, I don't know anymore. But what about – I'm trying to think of guys that he had fused with. What about like uh, – would King Kong Bundy make sense? I don't know. I don't think King Kong Bundy's on good terms. No? I don't think so. I mean, Jeff Jarrett wasn't either. That, that's a good point. That's but, a good point. Uh, and, and the thing is, is up until now, they've announced the, induct, the inductors, I guess, for most of the names now. So they announced that uh, Road Dog is going to induct Jeff Jarrett, which makes sense. Paul Heyman's going to induct Goldberg, which is interesting. Uh, Ivory is go- or Molly Holly is going to induct Ivory. Edge and Christian are going to induct the Dudley Boys. But they have not said who's going to induct Billy Jim. Or Kid Rock. <laughs> or Kid Rock. That, I'm, more, I'm more interested in who's going to induct Kid Rock. Oh, really? Who uh, do you think it'll be? I don't care. I, but I mean, I, I don't. Do. I care about speculating. Who, okay. Who do you think it'll be? Who did Pamela, he Pamela Anderson? They had, did they? Had, yeah, I doubt it. She's got a history with the company. Stacy Keebler ain't gonna do it. He did a theme for her once, though. I mean, she got nothing else to do. I think that she's probably doing all right, doing nothing. Yeah, isn't she married to some some dot com millionaire now or something? I think she's doing all right uh, in life. Yeah, yeah, good for her. 
But anyway, it, so word it broke that WWE was talking to Hogan like a week or two ago. WWE acknowledged that they were talking to Hogan, but didn't say about what. So I'm wondering now, were they only talking to him about appearing at that screening? Or are they talking to him about doing something else? Because in theory, if he does induct Hillbilly Jim, isn't he going to kind of steal Hillbilly Jim's thunder? You know? Yes. So, Or does WWE not care? Because they're like, well, that's a safe way to kind of bring him back in. You know? Something yes. like the Hall of Fame. So I think that it's it's a safe thing they're going to get as opposed to what Jeff had mentioned last year, like when you had New Day hosting. Yes. And then Hogan be integrated somehow there. And I said it was going to be like the SNL's post 9-11 thing. Is it okay to laugh again type of deal with right. Hogan? I don't know how else you introduce him, especially after so, – now, now, granted, the things that Moolah is accused of mm-hmm. were crimes. Mm-hmm. The things that Hogan is accused of, albeit disgusting, are not crimes. Mm-hmm. So, never. And I mean, JBL's in and out of the company, right? The other thing I was thinking of too is they're they're in New Orleans, and it was New Orleans when they did the big promo with Hogan, Rock, and Austin. I think there's any possibility they decide, hey, let's do something like that Run again. It back. In the Silver Dome. In the Silver Dome, right? <laughs> you never know. You know, Rock, depending on the year, you know, he'll show up, he won't show up, he doesn't say anything. There's always a possibility that The Rock's going to show up. So maybe they will decide that they're going to do something like that with him again. Who knows? And then The Rock, Rock bottoms him. Ooh, he might He's not, not taking a bump. He's I was going to say, he might not get up. Yeah. Yeah. If he could bend over. I would say maybe Stone Cold stuns him or something. but Like the way he stunned Vince on the 25th show, 25th anniversary yeah. show. Vince was already pretty much halfway on the map by the time he took the stunner. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, well, Hogan can come back and will he do a match? He ain't doing a match. No. His hip doesn't work. He can't leg drop people. No, no. They're not well, – you know what he'll do? Boom, boom, and then maybe a big boot. Then he'll grab them by their hair, Throw chuck them, over, them the over the top. I don't even know if he can do the big boot anymore, man. I know. Yeah, exactly. I could see him do the clothes on in the corner. Do he the, do he the, follows him in when he hits it, like he's right Or they him. could do the he could do the legendary Matt Jackson spot and beat him with a weight belt, like Matt Jackson invented. Could do that too. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see that on Being the Elite? Uh, no, I just saw in the match when he was wearing it so, to sell the back. The story of that was that Cody, as a sign of goodwill, gifted weight belts to Matt, Nick, Marty Scurll, and Hangman Page, and. Matt Jackson's – Cody Rhodes the, the whole time was like, it's great. Nobody else in wrestling has ever worn one. So it was their, their awesome. little, little awesome. poke there. All right, I want to get to the announcements, so do your little segue, and then after that we'll get to the announcement. <laughs> Here's Joey Janela talking about his upcoming spring break show or last year's spring break show. I can't even remember at so with Flow Slam kind of going by the wayside, how does that affect your your broadcast plans for this show, and uh, how can people check it out? Flow Slam, they were dickheads last year to begin with. Uh, really? They're a bunch of yeah, they were a bunch of assholes. Like uh, just dealing with them. Um, Anything in particular so, that you remember that stood out? Yeah, them yelling at commentators, Drew Cordero and Excalibur. They were yelling at them, treating them like uh, shit. Uh, and afterwards, after the show was a success and the most viewed uh, Flow Slam broadcast in, they've had, um, they hit me up afterwards and tried to basically coax me into running uh, monthly shows without GCW and uh, with Flow Slam. Um, and, uh, and I didn't take that kindly. And 
you know, I wanted uh, GCW involved because it was their idea, and uh, you know, they're just very, uh, they're very sneaky people, um, you know, and uh, I did not like that. And uh, this is not only me saying it; this is a few others too. But oh, of course, yeah. So they're very sneaky. Um, you know, well, any time that you try to see behind someone's back and say, "Listen, you can cut these guys out," you know. You know, anytime someone says something like that, you know, they're not, they're not have good, good means behind their actions. And, I mean, uh, I, I did offer to pay you to punch Matt Riddle poolside a few days ago, so I know all about sneaking. Yeah, 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 you did do that. You know, I think I, you could take him. Punch. I think you could take him. I've done. No, I, I don't sh- think I'm gonna punch I did Riddle. a show with Matt long enough, weekly show, and I think you could take him. I'm not gonna punch Matt Riddle. Come on. <laughs> Believe me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, bro, knock the fuck out. <laughs> but uh, I have a glass jaw these days to make concussions. But, um, so yeah, how can how can people uh, check out the show? Uh, it's gonna be on WWN Live, um, along with uh, the Blood Sports Show that GCW is providing that weekend, which is a MMA pit of death show without ropes and you know, Dan Severn's on that and Low Key versus Matt Riddle. And uh, Tom Lawler and all those guys. Uh, but uh, along with that show, you can purchase them with uh, WWN Live. I had the full interview with Joey Janela up on our YouTube. We're going to have several articles out of it. It is a good one. He talks about booking Sasuke. He talks about Glacier not putting him over. His issues with Flow Slam, as you all may have heard, uh, as well as the Gilbert situation. Uh, the process of booking spring break shows. Also, I tried to convince him to punch Matt Riddle in the face because Matt Riddle did not make time for Fightful ahead of his show. Really? It's, I'm going to text him. I'm going to text him. I'm going to say, give me my damn shirt back. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I want to make an announcement. Uh, something that Sean already knows about. And I've talked a little bit about this in the past, but we're going to get into it now. So we started Fightful almost two years ago. And I will admit, Sean, I was very ignorant when I started Fightful.com. I can say that. I mean, you hired me, so. Well, I was stupid, too. But I was very <laughs> ignorant. And I can say that I can say that humbly. So my core business is online marketing. And so I thought very ignorantly that I could just utilize the traffic sources that we already have, send a bunch of traffic to Fightful.com, and within six months or a year, we'd have an established audience and all that. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> The content business was new for me. So what I discovered after our first year was that we had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on media and were Damn, com- I didn't even know that. Yeah, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on oh media and were completely underwater. And so as Sean knows, last year I shifted our, our focus, mm-hmm. cut back on media, shifted it more into SEO. And we're at a point now where things have improved quite dramatically, actually, and our, our revenue now is offsetting our media buying costs, but we're still underwater due to writer costs and staff costs because Sean Rustab is so fucking expensive. So, <laughs> well, you know. So, I know some people are going to look at this because we're here, we're, we're announcing that we're going to be doing a premium service uh, called yep. Fightful Select. And I know what some people are going to say, Sean. Some people are going to say, but Sean calls Jimmy the eccentric millionaire. <laughs> and here's the thing do I need the money? No. Fightful is a passion project. That's why we started it. But I do want it to be self-sufficient. 
I don't need Fightful to make a shitload of money, but I also don't want to keep bleeding money every month. I'd like to see the thing at least break even. And so we came up with the idea for Fightful Select. I'm hoping that that will get us over the hump. And as I've told Sean, if we actually end up profitable on this thing, I will spend that money whether it means sending Sean to live events to cover them, sending James Lynch to MMA events to cover them, doing more podcasts with, with, with guests, whoever, whatever it is. Uh, yes. if, if we're profitable because of Patreon, we'll do more stuff for the site. But that's why we're doing it. So it's going to be called Fightful Select. We've got different tiers, different rewards. It's going to launch next Monday, April 2nd. Uh, you got more you want to say about it? Yeah, I'll say uh, you have given me everything that I need for a website. When I said, I need an associate editor. I need a new one. Now I need two of them. You're like, okay. <laughs> I need a full-time MMA guy. Okay. I need James Lynch, Brandon Howard, David Vixenspan, Chris Harrington. It's like, okay. So uh, this service, it, what, what it will be is all new content. The, there will be nothing that was on Fightful a month ago that will be on this service. It's all new content. So the uh, NXT 205 Live, New Japan Ring of Honor show that I do weekly, which will be towards the end of the week from now on to give me a little more time to, to uh, digest the, that stuff. That will be on there. Every month I'm doing uh, two Q&A videos biweekly where I take your questions, answer those. I'm doing a retro podcast. The first one will be uh, Backlash 1999. It will be close to, to whatever is in season at the time. Uh, you'll have access to Jimmy Van's match archives, which are very cool. Already I've seen stuff from Eric Young, from Nova, from Bobby Roode. We have dark match commentary, which will be bi-weekly, where I take matches, uh, WWF dark matches that feature guys like AJ Styles, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, and I provide my insight on them. The first one I did was an absolute train wreck of a match between Molly Holly and Dee Dee Venturi. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So sometimes you'll see stuff like that. Uh, there's just a ton of stuff we're going to be adding up there. You'll have early access to Fightful stuff. There's stuff that I have unlisted on YouTube right now that we will not publish for months because it's not in season or I have it for an upcoming project. You all will have exclusive access to that sometimes months before it happens. Uh, all kind of Fightful photo gallery. You used to see Jimmy Van posting his exclusive photos from back in the day. You'll see some of mine that you've seen at other websites as well that, that have picked those up, but we just got a ton of stuff that we're going to be putting up there, and I'm really excited for it. And don't forget that if you are a bit of a baller and you want to see a yes. life, you want to see a life-size cardboard cutout of yourself in the background on the list of your boy, that's going to be an option. And there's also going to be an option to have Justin Roberts, the former ring announcer for WWE, create an entrance of you uh, that you can keep in audio format. So there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that we're going to launch. I'm curious to see what happens. And, of course, my ebook, Sean. Everybody's going to want the ebook. Your ebook, yeah. Uh, I got a copy of that for the price of On the House. But it's it's not easy to come by. Everybody's and going to want that. It's out of print now, right? It is out of print I see, now. Okay. I pushed for this to not be a part of the deal because I think that it is pretentious <laughs> as shit. Okay. Let's tell the truth because you're not telling the truth. So let's tell the truth. Yes, yes, I am. No, you're not. When I oh, first, well, this is this is where you say I'm not telling the truth. No, did you make up some lie about how? Oh I no, no, no. That? It's true, and Melissa and Lindsay, who work for us, will will uh, will confirm. When I first suggested, let's do a Sean Ross Sap mask and have that be part of one of the tiers as a reward. Sean said he didn't want to do it because he didn't think it would be a, a sell. You said you don't think it's going to be a sell. It wasn't until I wore this last week. Let me put it back on. It wasn't until I wore this last week. 
that suddenly Sean said, oh, it's pretentious. It's pretentious. Not once during our conversations did you ever say, I don't want to do it because it's pretentious. You said, I don't want to do it because it's not going to be a sell. And oh, uh, and I, and you got your wife to take a new high-res photo of yourself oh, for oh, did the I? new mask. Oh, did I? Or yes. was it Melissa and Lindsay nagging me repeatedly until I did it? So does that mean that if somebody nags you to jump off a bridge, you're going to do that too? Well, you know, if it's my job, then maybe. How no. high is the bridge? All you had to do was say, I don't want to do it, and that would have been the end of it. But you said okay, and well, I ran with the what? ball, Sean. I, yeah, I'm sure you did. Also, I'm going to go back. You want, you want to bet me a, a robot litter box that I, that I said it was pretentious? You didn't say that on Skype. You didn't. <laughs> All right. All right, then. No, you didn't. Also, guys, there's... There's like a, a major high roller tier where Jimmy will fly you to Toronto for the love of God. You can be a part of the show. There are tiers where you can uh, select our Fightful Alternate Commentary podcast or uh, the Dark Match Commentary podcast. <laughs> there are spots for guest spots on podcasts. Uh, also, you'll have access to our members-only archive as well as any members-only shows that we do in the future. Nigel? You're enabling this. Oh, You're come encouraging on. him. <laughs> he was going to do it either way. I can't wait for our zero subscribers now. <laughs> this is going to be a big hit. This thing is going to be a big hit. It's not going to be a big hit. Yes, it is. A big hit. If anybody gets one, they're going to like draw dicks on it or put pancakes <laughs> all over it or something like that. You know what? If anybody does get one of these in one of the tiers, and then you do draw dicks on it, send it to me. We'll put it on the podcast. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? We've got five minutes left in the show, too. Maybe six or seven. And i got to talk to myself? No, you can finish the show whenever you want. I'm just, uh, you know. My God. I'm having fun. But, yeah, guys, I am also very, very open to uh, to recommendations on what you all want to see on this show. Obviously, we've got the Q&A shows. That's two a month. We've got the dark commentary shows, which are uh, are short, but that's two more a month. We have the retro podcast. That's another one. And then we have the NXT Ring of Honor New Japan show. That's four extra a month. So you're getting nine extra shows per month in addition to uh, <laughs> to a goddamn mask. You look like a pirate. And, and here, here was my thing. You had to have these made. You had these commissioned. Yeah, I did. And I said, you know, let's not spend any money on this because the thing is to push us closer to the black. But, I mean, what do I know? I'm not the businessman. No. They really didn't cost that much, Sean. They didn't cost that much. <laughs> my God. When are we launching this deal? Monday? Yeah, Monday, April 2nd is going to be the, the launch. Why are you bringing Melvin into this? Why's Melvin got to be a part of your fuckery? Oliver, too? Have you no mercy? I'm just oh, speaking... Are they both males? These are both male cats? Yes. Oh, oh of I course. apologize. I apologize. I apologize. All right. What's wrong with you? You have too much free time. Yeah, so I get an hour and a half on Wednesdays. <laughs> so, guys, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know... Oh, son of a bitch. Vape Ross Vape is back at it again. He says, I want five of those masks for the massage parlor. I don't know what that That's means. Weird. We'll get you ten. So he's been he's been quite a donor, but hit me up on Twitter. If there's things you want to see on that service, 
Uh, I'll say this, bringing on Pat and Andrew has really helped me out. and It's actually freed up some time for me to make some content for this thing. Give me some ideas. I want to know what you all want to see. What's going to make you all uh, hit up Fightful Select? Would you stop it? <laughs> Have you no decency? <laughs> Can we put a tear for some shitty Omega Watch, too? That'd be cool. I, I know what you did there. I see what you did there. The Rock says. <laughs> the Rock says. Oh, my God. So what I'm gonna do what is, are we doing? I'm going to take that picture. I'm going to put it on social media, and I'm going to say, hey, look, The Rock's even wearing one of the SRS masks. So I'm gonna but do. what does that matter? Because you're covering up The Rock's face with... No, but you can you can tell it's The Rock, even though you can tell it's a rubber mask. You can tell it's The Rock, Sean. I was a little bit, not that I expected anything, but I thought, you know what? If I show Rock the pancake video, he's going to like that enough to at least give it a little like, a little heart thing, I thought. He didn't say shit. You were the straight character on this show, and I brought it up. (laughs) Once upon a time. Well, you know, sometimes you bring it out of me. I was the one busting out green screens and... Oh, you mean like the one I have over here? Yeah. See, there's a reason why I took production out of your hand, Sean. I'm glad you did. It's way better with Nigel. Somebody says, can The Rock smell SRS's hair product? I don't wear hair product. Okay, so just so people know. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you want to say When it? we were coming on the air today, with all due respect to Sean, he looked like that he had been swimming in a ditch before the show. <laughs> And I, I said to Sean, like, what the hell is going on with your hair? Like, have you showered today? And Sean said, well, I've showered, but I didn't wash my hair. You don't and wash I, your hair every day. Not that you would know. And, but... I, well, I, I said to him, <laughs> you know, you look like you haven't washed your hair. And then he immediately took that as a reason to put his hair up into the, the man bun that he knows I love. So You do love it. Love you it. You do love it. Love it. It's weird to think. I've been growing my hair for over a year now. Over half the life of Fightful, like. Kind of unusual. What else you got going on this week, Jimmy? Uh, as soon as we're done here, man, I'm going to go check out my new house. I uh, I got some devastating news last Thursday. What's that? I was given the devastating news, although I already knew, but I was given the devastating news that it won't be ready by WrestleMania. No, because I was going to have uh, the boys all over, and uh, I'm, I'm 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 I shouldn't say this because people think I'm pompous, but I'm putting a little movie theater in the basement, and I was hey. going to have the boys over to watch Mania in the theater. And I was really looking forward to it. And last Thursday, they broke the news to me that it's not going to be done by then. Some people will think that you're pompous. Okay, personally, here's how I view it. You started off as a wrestling fan. You became hugely successful in something else. Mm. And you were like, you know what? I still love pro wrestling. And just because you speak about things that you acquired via your success, I don't think that's pompous. I think it's – I mean – if you were to say it in like a dickhead manner, right. sure. Right. If you were like, I have some stupid looking dog because I'm successful, <laughs> then yeah. But I mean, eh, what are we talking about here? Yeah, what are we talking uh, about? Guys, yeah. head over to fightful.com <laughs> or fightfulwrestling.com. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Ah, that's the good stuff. We got tons of MMA interviews over there too. Uh, we had one with Becky Lynch's boyfriend, Luke Sanders, who opened up about what that's like. We'll have an article on that on uh, WrestleMania weekend. We have that Fightful Wrestling Weekly that drops Friday. 
Uh, our friends over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited do a video on that, so make sure you check them out. I've got news on EC3 and him finishing up TNA. Uh, news on our shoot interviews we're releasing soon. Uh, Robbie E, I did an interview with him, as well as some more stuff about uh, the fabulous moolah situation and my interactions with Mary Austin in that regard. Tons of stuff up there. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow him at Jimmy Van 74 And follow us at Fightful Online. Until next time, we are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.